0: welcome
1: to the hoops and huddle podcast i am malika walker and he is
2: i'm brandon with the rubric happy to be here malika ready to get into another week of hoops and huddle what we got what you got on deck today
1: uh what we have on deck is we have a draft we have the draft show and we are pleased to have the draft review, Matthew Maurer, and we have Evan Townsend with Project Spurs. So, thank you guys for being here. And I know Project Spurs is elated because they got the number one pick in the draft lottery. But thank you guys for joining us for this draft show, one of the most hyped draft classes in some time. And, let's, and I want to get into should they be? And we're going to talk about it, but You guys can introduce yourselves and then we can get going. We can start with Matt and then go to Evan.
3: Hi, I'm Matthew Maurer, I'm an NBA draft historian. Also, I've been covering the draft since 1998 and I have an extensive database of every player that's ever been drafted. And uh, this is my time of the year, fun, fun, fun time.
1: Go ahead, Evan. Evan.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, My name is Evan Townsend. Uh, I've been working with Project Spurs for a little under two years now. Uh, I'm from the uh, great city of Austin, Texas, just doing draft analysis. Um, like you said, Malika, it's, a, you know, it's an exciting time. I still can't believe it. Um, you know, the, the alien that they say, as in Victor <laughs> Wemmeyabla, will be coming to uh, the Lone <laughs> Star State. Uh, so, yeah, it's super exciting. Y'all going nuts over, over that draft. <laughs> Oh my goodness!
1: Man, that was that was rigged. I know it wasn't rigged, but you can't tell fans in Charlotte that it wasn't rigged. I mean, you guys had got Tim Duncan, um, you know, like great Popovich was there. Everybody just assumed that they would want Victor Mignogna with a coach of his caliber. Um, it's obvious, you know. You could see from his. It was weird, like watching a draft, and when Houston was you know, name was drawn, you saw the look on, Wimby on his face and you know, it's just interesting, but let's 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 get into it. Um, uh, let's start with the draft lottery. Um and how that played out. Now, does the draft lottery what was is were there any surprises with anything? Did you expect Detroit really to be a top three or four pick? So Let's start with a uh, Matt with that because uh with you being a historian of this like did the lottery play out the way you expected
3: it actually did um I thought (laughs) I think this is probably why people talk about it being such a conspiracy because I was interviewed by a couple people and they were like well where's what's the best destination for Wimpingana and I said that's San Antonio um and it certainly played out that way I said
1: the same thing Um, too actually I said San Antonio yeah
3: it's perfect. It's perfect for him. It's perfect. They have a good infrastructure and stability there. I thought if he went to Houston, I don't know if that's a successful place for him. But, you know, hats off to the Spurs. They, they got another one in the chamber, you know, first uh, 87 with uh, David Robinson, then 89, uh, I'm sorry, 97 with Duncan and, and now 2023 with Benyana. So that's awesome. And then um you know i'm not used to seeing portland up this high uh you know historically they don't really pick this high up so that's kind of a kind of a weird uh weird thing to see and then detroit yeah you got to feel bad to detroit on some level i mean they had the, the, the one of the highest chances to get up in that that top 3 category and they just they didn't they didn't get it so i, I feel bad for the fans obviously
2: yeah i was I, I got to tell you, I'm probably the lone star on this. I was concerned about him going to San Antonio. Uh, and a big a big reason uh, is culture. Um, I look at Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker in an era where players approached leadership much differently than they do today, than the young players do. But I don't know anything about Wimbenyana. So... How will he take to that coaching style that is Greg Popovich, which is a bit more old school, a bit more structured, rigid, uh, almost like we saw with DeJounte Murray or Kawhi Leonard, who didn't necessarily take to it, or Steven Jackson, who is not a big Popovich fan. I wonder... Hey, he's
1: been vocal about not very being vocal. a Popovich fan.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I wondered. I wondered if it was an age thing, like these young guys coming in, they approach the game differently. But... I don't know. But I really wanted him to go to Portland. I wanted to get Dame some help.
1: <laughs> well he I don't think he's isn't he a little I don't know, like I watched some video today of the Memphis Grizzlies, Kenny Lofton. I saw a, a video going around of Kenny Lofton playing um versus uh on and he was basically just bully balling him around. Like he'll have to me, he has to his first few years are really be working on getting his body up and because you, you can see the skill, but right now in terms of NFL, NBA ready, not, ex- I mean, he's NBA ready skill wise, but in terms of weight, I mean, how do you guys see him playing? You know, how do you guys see him as his first few years in the league? Honestly. I mean,
3: I, I do worry. Um, to me, it's not just about skill. I mean, the way that he plays, uh, I think that's, capable of doing that in in 30 games, Uh, I get worried about that 70 games per season. I mean, that's a lot of stress for a guy that's seven foot four. Um, But I mean, he plays exceptional. I mean, we haven't seen a player with this kind of skill at seven foot four. I mean, the only comp that we even have is like Ralph Sampson. (laughs) So that's how much of a, you know, unicorn this guy is. Uh, So from that standpoint, we don't really have a lot, but we do have some history about, you know, durability with big men. And that's going to be something that I'm sure the San Antonio Spurs will look at is making sure they can extend. Um, You know, I, I just think I worry. I do worry long term about just durability. You know, can he sustain that level of play, facing the basket, taking guys off hesitations? It's just a lot of stress to put on a body that's seven foot four. Um, so I do think that's probably the number one thing the Spurs will do is they'll probably take a look at his game, probably try to tone it down a little bit so he can extend himself for 70 games. And, you know, I, I really think that that's why San Antonio is probably the best spot for him is just I think they have time to kind of like mold him a little bit and create this game plan to make sure that he is durable and then he can extend um, this this emerging talent for years.
2: Now Evan, I I cut you off. I wanted to hear what you thought about the top four picks and as well as what you think
0: uh, the outlook (laughs) of career for.
1: uh, At least the first few years, at least like, yeah.
0: For sure, yeah, no, this is a, like I said, a super exciting time. Um, I remember when we were hosting the space, um, me and my co-host Ben, great guy. Literally, we were super excited. Obviously the lottery results, uh, came out, and I immediately started to drive all the way from Austin, Texas, uh, to San Antonio to start hawking And literally, the whole city was just super ignited. I'm only gonna talk about this for just like 10 more seconds or so. And in a sense, the city basically was just distraught um, as a whole. Um, you know, not a lot, go- not a lot going on for it, not just for Spurs or sports in general, but just as a whole. Uh, a lot of people were talking about the Spurs possibly moving to Austin, uh, to Vegas, and for a whole new, just t- whole new team. Uh, we just say bye bye to Spurs. Even in Mexico City was brought up. People were bringing up uh, a lot of just relations to owners and past, past, just nonsense. And uh, you know, the presidents, the owners, the GMs, these guys have been saying we're stuck in San Antonio. We love the city. People have been saying, oh, we need a brand new stadium. We need to rebuild. We need to do this, do that, and. You know, Scoot Henderson, any one of these other guys, you know, they could have definitely helped. They definitely, you know, propelled the uh, the Spurs, uh, the Spurs' pedigree back to where it, you know once was. But but man, nothing nothing can propel like uh, what Victor Wembanyama will do. And in terms of um, the lottery, I'll talk about this for a second. The lottery wasn't thousand percent rigged. I, I can I can confirm that. <laughs> this, this is my, that's just my belief. <laughs> um, I
1: know you're man. gonna have a comment on that. Um, so,
0: for, so, for Matt, Go ahead. in in a sense, I, you know, I know the media is, is locked back there. I know these guys are highly credentialed. The athletic, every newspaper, you know, every outlet, um, it's behind the scenes. They don't have their phones. They don't the have they not they, 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 can't, they, can't, they can't they can't even use the restroom and leave. You know, and you know. People can say the frozen envelope with Ewing, this and that and all you know, right, Matt, you know what I'm talking about. There's so many scenarios people like to say, you know, maybe maybe this was probably not what they're not what they're promoting. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna throw out a lot of scenarios for you and I, and I just want I just want you to tell me that this is too good to be true, okay? Jeremy Sohan, our rookie from last year, played with Victor when they were both teenagers. No, he did not talk about that one at all. At at one point in time, okay. So that's one. We know Boris Diaw owns Mets 92, the current team he played for. Tony Parker, the last team he played for, okay. Tony Parker's birthday, the day after the lottery, the day of the lottery. <laughs> the general manager, R.C. Buford. Did y'all hear the story? R.C. Buford, not, not, the former general R.C. Buford. He's now the CEO, I believe. Yes, the CEO. R.C. Buford literally had um, a, just a blue chair from back when they won the lottery in the in the in the '90s with David Robinson, and um, you know, that was known as his lucky chair. He gave that to uh, his uh, his daughter, and she went to college, did her thing. And the day of the lottery, uh, that chair just winds up in his hotel room with a note saying just pretty much his good luck. And then a couple hours later. Victor women you know and i, I believe evan, the
1: evan <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need you to you know like matt can you can you uh, respond to that and then we can get in with the rest of the draft because i disagree with your draft board um for number two so can we can we can you respond to that and then we'll move on
3: uh, i mean look i he's making a lot of sense here i gotta be honest this is like uh we're like diving the X-Files territory
0: here, man. I mean, he's made some connections. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do have one more. I do have one more. He thought uh,
1: this out. He really uh, did I, think I this
0: out. The lottery, the, lottery, uh, the lottery ping pong balls were about maybe one ball away from going to, uh, I believe, the Blazers in favor. Um, and then there was one other combination that could have gone to Detroit, right? But the last number, last number had to be number two it's for kawhi leonard shout out to him sacrifices sacrifices <laughs> had to be made oh my
1: goodness i know i know i just Whoa. you know part of me just thinks number two is a consolation prize to charlotte because to me they it was their time to get this darn pick like i think it's i think it's um but i didn't think they were gonna get it i thought that i just and quite frankly it's gonna sound weird and Anybody that's from Charlotte that hears this, please don't kill me. But with the luck of Charlotte, you know, to be Charlotte's luck, they pick Wimpy Yama and it's something happens. And it turns out, you know, everything is blamed on Charlotte. It's something something, I don't know, like, I, I was, part of me was like, he comes to Charlotte, it's going to be our fault. It's going to be Charlotte's fault if something goes wrong with Wimby. It's going to be, oh, Charlotte didn't do this and Charlotte didn't do that. But I wanted, you know. But if we got, but if they got Wimby, great. You know what I mean? Great for the franchise. I think they deserved um, deserved it. But them having a top three pick, I was like, you know what? But in this draft, to have a top three pick, this is the draft to have a top three pick and be able to pick from some of these players. So, real quick, um, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: the biggest question that comes up when we ever talk about draft with fans. I know the core fans of the NBA, they really get it. Could the two of you, could you just give just a high level in layman's terms, how the draft lottery works so that people understand. All right, how did they pick these top four versus the 10? Who gets what? Could you could you just break it down in layman's terms for us before we continue sure. to the record?
3: Sure, so essentially this all went back to another unicorn was when they started this whole process was was Ralph Sampson. He kind of ushered in because they were tanking and the NBA was getting bad press at a time when it couldn't afford it. So they decided we're going to do a lottery system. Before it, we used to be a coin flip between the top two teams. They do a flip of coin, heads or tails, you call it, you, you got the first pick. So then what started to happen is in 85, they did the envelopes. Everybody got one envelope. They put the one envelope in a ball thing and then they spun it around and they just picked the order. That's where the frozen envelope comes from. Uh, after that, they kept making slight alterations to it. They started adding lottery balls, and then there was like a number of chances you would have, depending on your record. Um, I believe the NBA every year—I'm not gonna say every year, but just about every year—they also do a drawing based on the tiebreakers. So if there's teams that have tied, uh, you know, wins losses, they they break those ties, so that team might get an extra chance in the lottery cycle. So. Supposedly, supposed to. I, I know for the people who have the ten-four hats on. Supposedly, what happens is <laughs> they go in the back room and they put the lottery balls in, and they keep running them based on a number of combinations. And then those combinations eventually spell out the order, and that order is witnessed by security, um, usually an audit person. That Ernest that's and Young, yeah, Ernest, Ernest and young, young, correct. And recently. I think they started doing it in 2014. I actually have it on my YouTube. Uh, they started doing the lottery drawings in front of people, doing like video. Um, they've been doing that since 2014 to the even this past one that they did. So
1: yeah, you they can have see the that first for yeah. team and then the media as well. So correct,
3: okay. So they try to be more transparent, but you know, okay. All right. But
1: you're still going to have those conspiracy theories because if you, go into a, I'm, you go into a, I'm sure you go into a Charlotte, Detroit, like these teams, discords or message boards and, and reddits. I <laughs> can't tell them that this is not rigged for San Antonio. Like mm-hmm. the only thing I say is the East Coast because I'm a Nets fan and um, I support Charlotte as well. Um, yes, I've been like this forever. Look at who the owner of Charlotte is. It is what it is. Um, I, I'm glad he's in the West because eventually things are going to come together, and you know what they can deal with him four games a year. <laughs> but the, you know they can deal with him four games a year once everything comes together. But let's get into the rest of the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Let's look at um, number two. We have um, we have Charlotte. I see Matt on your board. You have. Brandon Miller you know some reports have come out that he um is not interviewing well and he doesn't look as in the shape that teams were expecting I'm also thinking about with Charlotte they have a lot going on you had James Booknight had incidents off the court in the offseason they're re-signing Miles Bridges when the trade when the uh new year opens um, and then you look at Brandon's history. I just think that's a lot for the team to take on, especially when they're trying to rehab their reputation. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at um, Scoop, and a lot of people bring up that he's not really a good three-point shooter, like his shot is not great, um, but I think he, but you look at LaMelo, who is a better shooter, better shot, especially from long distance. I think that they help each other where they're weak. And I think they can play together. I think Charlotte will have to make some roster changes, but that's the case also with um, Portland because they have Dane Lillard. That's the case. You look at the guards in Houston, but you have Brandon Miller there. You, you know, you feel solid about leaving him there.
3: No, I don't feel solid.
1: I I honestly think it's
3: a flip of the coin. It just really depends on that management's philosophy. I, I am a firm believer that Scoot Henderson is the second best talent but and I have always con- I always condone going for BPA best player available
1: mm-hmm. but
3: sometimes with the wing being the guy that everybody wants on a team now everybody wants yeah. a wing um that might and the fact they have lamelo ball maybe that's too enticing for them to skip past Brandon Miller um, but I'm I'm not really tied to this pick at all. I, I, if I if it was my choice, I'd go Scoot. But I try to put myself in the heads of some of these GMs, and with the wing player being all the rage, it wouldn't shock me if Brandon Miller went second. It really would.
1: I'm also thinking about who they have on their rock. But you know, wing is the most coveted. But with Brandon Miller, there's something. It's not just the decision making with the off the court. It's just something about him? Mm-hmm. that makes me not and I know he was injured in during March Madness but still it was like wasn't a good look his last game like you know like I don't know there's something about the kid that I'm not sure but of course he's skilled of course you're skilled if you're this high in the lottery right you're, you're right. So skilled but I'm not sure he'll translate Um, you know Evan any thoughts on um, number two pick
0: yeah, um, you know, I, I believe every mock draft I've been in, every you know credible follow, whether if it's a, maybe a teenager with a you know athlete as his profile pitcher or a verified source, anybody and everybody is pretty much split at the moment. Currently mm-hmm. at the moment, that's what I want to just emphasize. With uh, with Scoot and Brandon Miller, people have their their you know notions. Lamella Ball is you know a good catch and shoot. Guy, he thrives better with the ball in his hands, but he's such a dynamic playmaker. Like, in terms of the the styles of passes and the uh, unique ways he can deliver to guys in the corner, and you have, you really have no way. I, I can, I wish I can pull up a clip. Lamella ball drives, he can, woo, 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 for like, two or three seconds, not two or three seconds, obviously, but for a good uh, throw off uh, opportunity and be able to. Um, be able to hit guys to stride, get guys going. He doesn't necessarily want to always have the load uh, on his hands. I remember when he first uh, came to town, uh, there was Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. He had to earn his spot. James Obrego made this man come off the bench. I don't think we've ever seen that from some some guy that that was that talented. And, um, you know, in terms of uh, something I want to mention real quick, in terms of um, like the notions of where you can maybe see some under the table hintings towards maybe these guys. Being obvious to where, like, they're, uh, or not obvious, but making the notions to where, like, it's leading to where maybe, like, they're saying, okay, I'm more than likely going to be selected by this team. Um, I believe last year, um, uh, OKC, Chet, and uh, and Josh Giddy pretty much made the announcement uh, with themselves just by saying, oh, we're, we're like, Brothers, we're twins on Instagram. Before he's meeting with any other team. Sorry about my audio. Sorry about that. And then when when Scoot and Mello, they're both signed up signed a Puma. Obviously, it's only mm-hmm. been a few days since uh, since the lottery, but these guys haven't been uh, marketed together in any way. Obviously, in the G League and, and with the Hornets and the NBA, you have to kind of just you know separate the marketing from themselves. But in a sense, they haven't shown any type of um, how do you say this this phrase? What's the, what's the right word I'm looking for? They haven't, they haven't shown any type of you know, unity. And in terms mm-hmm. of um, the obvious fit, you would think that maybe Scoot would say, okay, I'm not going to interview with Portland. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to interview with other teams. But he's interviewed with teams today. And Brendan Miller's only had Eastern uh, Conference suitors in terms of interviews. I think it's Detroit, uh, Indiana. Um, who else? Who else? Matthew, I, I know they always got announced yesterday. So I mean, yeah. not think Chicago and somebody else. And... Um, yeah. And yeah, so you can you can fit Brandon Miller with the Hornets, not as well, in my opinion, with Scoot. I believe Scoot is just a tier ahead. But in terms of Brandon Miller, the fit, I, I've struggled really hard. Imagining um, obviously before the lottery results, the the fit with Brandon Miller, with the Spurs, knowing how like how uh, Brandon was saying, how hard nose the Spurs can be in terms of just on the floor, off the floor, the pedigree that they that they carry in terms of Brandon Miller. Matthew, you've seen this guy on the bench. Lee get slow after a, a 0-5 start, go to the bench, not shake anybody's hand, throw throw the towel over his head, and just literally just check himself back into the game himself. Three four minutes in three four minutes in the game, you know. Um, obviously, the off the floor record is, is is that he made that decision himself. Everybody knows what happened, but in terms of his body language and his superstar mentality that he carried at, at, at Alabama, all of what I heard about him is that. Every, every star athlete that's already making money, that's about to make even more money, deserves to, at least a little bit to have confidence. And I don't want to say a prima donna mentality, but that mentality in, in, in Charlotte off, off I, I don't want that in, in Chicago, I don't want that in Charlotte. I'd rather have him be humbled, having someone sit him down and say, listen, man, in terms of your career, in terms of how bad you really want this, there's not that many shots. You're not gonna have that many shots at Alabama compared to the league. You're gonna have to really work your tail off, seriously. And his mentality, and his work ethic, his defensive, and his motor—that's been in question. So we'll see where that fit is. Obviously, Portland is saying they're going to trade the third pick. That's been the report since since the lottery results came out. Dame is literally saying, "Trade me." Since first, since a, a, a person that I follow literally tweeted that, and he quoted him the day after. It's just insane all is transpiring. Yeah,
1: we'll yeah. we'll see what happened with that. Um, Brandon, you have any any questions here on on the draft before I keep poking
2: and getting to uh, Yeah, I, I wonder more so, you mentioned earlier, uh, I think it was uh, you, Matt, the, this is the draft to be in, but how do you feel about the draft outside of those top two or three? Because whenever I hear folks talk about the draft, they talk about these top three, and I wonder how great it is, how you rank the draft overall at strength with this class as a whole, uh, because only two, three people gonna get, only three teams gonna get those top three players. Right, it's great for the rest of it. Then that really impacts free agency. It impacts strength of deals that can be done uh, if you don't have a lot of talent in the field. So I wonder how you guys thought about that.
3: I personally think this draft is really weak. Um I think oh. there's. Yeah, I don't have warm and fuzzies about this draft like I had. I keep another.
1: hearing how deep this, this draft is and, and also, wow, okay.
3: okay. I think it's deep in potential. Like, I think yeah. you'll see guys go really high that you probably didn't believe, like Bilal Kulaby, um, uh, Victor wimbignana's teammate in, in France. I mean, just what, what, Evan, like three weeks ago, he was second round, and now mm. I'm hearing news that he could go late lottery, so I think and teams and are going to be more desperate actually. to take, take a my, shot. To,
1: Yeah, to my team actually, and that's <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I saw on the draft board before.
3: Yeah, no, he's he's got elite athleticism. Um, doesn't really have a jump shot right now. Still learning the game, pretty raw, but he's got that kind of clay that a GM or a team could mold and they might have something really good in a couple of years. I just think this is a draft where there's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of chances taken with guys that like, probably you're looking at and you're like, why did we take this guy that only average four points a game? Like Derek Whitehead, that's another kid that's gonna be taken in the first round. He did not have a great season at Duke, but he's got that, you know, blue chip pedigree from his high school career. He's probably gonna go in the first round. Derek Lively is another guy. I just think this is one of these drafts where you're going to be shocked by who's going to go in the first round because I think teams are really going to take chances on potential this year.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great point in terms of potential. Um, there's Draft Twitter likes to split guys in tiers in terms of their big boards. Um, a lot of guys in terms of like maybe what Matthew what, say the four to twelve range yep. there's maybe one or two glaring holes in their game but depending on what team falls in what spot um, really will depend on where um, these guys land obviously there's a new CBA obviously Mm -hmm. maybe not that many teams you would think are in position to make a lot of swing trades have a lot of cap space have wiggle room and have even the guts to to, to trade up in this draft and when it comes down to it um, obviously um, you know Matthew was naming a couple names, but in terms of um, like the amount of guys that I feel like I can stay in the draft or stay in the league um, for years to come and actually have solidified roles, I believe there's a good maybe 25, 30. And every single draft, there's obviously busts, there's guys that exceed expectations, there are diamonds in the rough. Um, but in terms of a good class, this is a good balanced class. Um, you know, the media is doing a great job of covering guys locally, internationally, um, Bilal Khabali, like uh, like Matthew was saying, um, he's he was listed at 6'6 six. Didn't get a lot of playing time um, with Mets ninety two. He was on another team. I forgot how that how they transfer. I, I don't know what the term is, but he's on another team. Came to Mets ninety two uh, after the scrimmage, I believe, with uh, in Vegas, and pretty much just earned his spot. Was labeled as six six. Now he's actually six eight. And in terms of his um, play style and and pro, and pro pedigree. Uh, there's guys that are raw as him, we're looked at as, okay, we're going to be looking at him anywhere from the late lottery to so make the second round. And then there's guys who just are coming off the radar from nowhere, who are mm-hmm. saying like, um, oh, what's, how do you pronounce his last name? Oliver Marsh, you know, it, Matthew, Oliver uh, Marquette. Max, Ma- yes. Yeah, Oliver this, Max Crosby. Yeah. They're, they're just killing it at these combines. And, you know, yep. when you when you think of, uh, of players who are just having a chip on their shoulder, come from smaller schools, uh, Grant Nelson, obviously he was uh, the Twitter darling. Uh, what, was, what was it in January, February? Oh, and yeah. Just was, random. They're going crazy. Two, two random Detroit pages saw this guy at North Dakota State uh, have a hot stretch for maybe two weeks. <laughs> and he he basically earned his spot of saying, I'm an NBA prospect. But before maybe the last two weeks after. After that happened, he 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 bet the bed. He didn't have a great season. He played all Roberts and could not score, you know. And then literally at the combine, he's exceeding expectations. He's shooting the ball well. He's first in the shuttle drill. He's breaking records. He's six ten. You can call him a unicorn if you want to. He may he may go back to college, or he may be in a rotation five weeks from now in the summer
1: league. So so we'll see. I'm curious about I I'm not exactly sold on the Thompson twins. Um, I keep, you know, hearing their level of competition, you know, like, doesn't dictate that they should go as high as they're they're expected to go. What are your thoughts on the Thompson Twins and another one, Cam Whitmore? Like, what are your your thoughts on those those guys in terms of potential if they gain translating to the NBA?
3: Uh, I think the Thompson Twins are, are probably a byproduct of this draft being maybe not as exciting as it was in the past I think I think like in a really strong draft I don't know if the Thompson twins are top 10 picks but in this draft they're certified wow. they're certified top 10 in this draft I mean it, just if you take a look at their heights and weights I mean Amin and Asor, they're both you know, very athletic, six seven. Amen is a, basically a point guard. Asor has basically played most of his life not handling the ball, so he has to work on ball handling. Um, Amen's not the shooter that Asor is, so they kind of been able to complement each other throughout their lives. Um, but yeah, I think these guys. I, I know the argument about like who have they faced, and you know that has some validity to it for sure. But let's also be honest, you know. In this era, we could make this statement about a lot of different guys. Um, there are a lot of guys that are coming out that look. We don't have the like the Thompson twins aren't going to the combine. They're not playing in the combine. They don't have to. They've built enough credit and cachet with NBA teams that we don't need to see you in the combine. We we trust you. We're going to put you in the top
1: ten. But That's changing. That's changing next year.
3: Yeah, yeah, that definitely is changing next year, and that that definitely will have some impact to to. I guess programs like OTE, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Thompson Twins. I really think what they have is unique, um, and and I think that they'll they'll do well. I don't have. I mean, I've seen some people on Twitter have, you know, i in Thompson is like the next second coming of Penny Hardaway or something. I don't have that for him. But yeah, I do think he's a he's a very talented player. Um, and then as far as Cam Whitmore. I I love his game. I I like his Mm -hmm. game better than I do Anthony Black from Arkansas, who's a lot of people seem to favor him over Cam. I actually, I'll take Cam Whitmore all day over him. Um, So yeah, he's another guy. I think he'll be in the top 10 this year. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for Cam Whitmore. I actually think he, he hasn't been able to show much on the college level because Villanova just really wasn't that great this year.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Thompson twins are. I I don't want to say they're both the biggest question mark in this draft, um, but in terms of just being what 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 they could be day one uh, in the league, um, you know, just being supreme athletes having a crazy first step. We like to refer to just stop and go as twitch, Louis, from be able to go from zero to one hundred and just a snap of a finger get to the rim, have all the creativity, have all the on-ball skills have all the I don't want to even sound crazy but the the terminology of like and one moves in in the NBA format and to be able to have the ball on the string have the confidence these guys are these guys are working with Jason Williams white chocolate at OTE and he's given a lot of confidence these guys watch film these guys are uh, super super humble they're 20 years old they were actually trying to be in last year's draft I don't know what the exact uh, issue was but they had a GED done in time i don't know matthew i forgot the complete story but i remember they were wearing the class of so-and-so shirts with that interview uh with uh, i forgot what that was jonathan or was it the athletic i forgot anyways anyways when it comes down to the top twins in their game uh a man people like to say that his shot is broken i'm not going to say it's all the way broken these guys are shooting from the <coughs> nba3 they're they're definitely working and on their craft they have professionals at that middle- a jillion dollar facility in and in day in and day out. They live right next door to it. They're making sure they're getting their reps in, right? Pretty much the story that I've heard about a men's jumper and why it's so inconsistent is because in drills, hey, you know, I have all the time to work on my craft. I can even do speed drills. This and that work on it. But in the game, it's just the motion. I, I guess the nerves of being able to say all the, lights are, all, all the lights are on me every single shot I take. My heart may take extra beat. And just the the fluidity of knowing that he that he can't take an extra second if that makes sense and basically not having all the rock all the excelling confidence that you think he may have just because he carries himself well they both do both elite defenders both very agile like I said crazy wingspan seven seven feet plus both of them at the end of the day they will both be at least at the floor they will be solid bench pieces and solid to the rim and solid finishers at the rim. They need to work on the free throws. Asar needs to work on his handle. And the thing is, I said a long time ago, I said a long, long time ago, that, a, that Asar actually has a tighter and more efficient handle than Amin. Amin just has all the confidence and he just needs to be slowed down. He carries the ball, just like, really just like Jason Wynn, just skips up the floor. He knows that this teenager's guarding him. And in terms of his confidence, they dare him to shoot from three this is a men here they double dog dare this man to shoot from three and I get it the the, the, the people like to say just because they're playing against people that are so-and-so competition level high school competition level yeah. the top prime competition level that's a problem these guys are also six seven two, too and these guys also have a, a, a quote-unquote Giannis on their team too and they're point of attacking him too and they're double teaming him they're tra- double trapping him too maybe he has a turnover prone issue maybe he has a retreat dribble issue that he could tweak on but in terms of his uh, ability to look for the second read he's been able to uh, to get out of traps and really his just his strides he he flares up the, up the floor like a gazelle asar is the movement uh, is the movement wing he can close out a game he won mvp this past season for the for the city reapers and at the end of the day i can't i, I can I, actually i can't say there's confidence there is a scenario where if a man maybe falls to i think the rockets are the favorite fit right now right and Asar, the, that's the, I, he's a question mark. People don't know if he's going to go maybe even right after the Detroit. He can fall, I don't want to say outside the top 10, but there's so many people locked into their picks that they don't want to make any promises and they can't make any trades. Asar may very well fall. Keontae George linked to the Orlando Magic. Either Grady Dick or Leonard Miller because uh, supposedly he gave a promise to OKC. Leonard Miller got pulled from from uh, from a practice yesterday. He's probably going to go to top 14. So if Asar doesn't have someone, in, whether it's Washington who needs a point guard, Indiana who probably needs maybe a SAR next to next to um uh, what's his name from Arizona. Um Man, Benedict ben- 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 mm-hmm. Matherin. These guys have all the options in the world, but man, Cam Whitmore is so much better. a Drace Walker so much better. So much trading up the from the Blazers pick. Um and to land on that plane, when it comes to, to Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore may just be <laughs> he may just be just as athletic as the Thompson twins. I, I he he literally has the quickest, most versatile for his frame, like for his body frame. Yeah. He's built like a linebacker. He's built like a running back, actually. And in a sense, it's yeah. from... can Whitmore from the-
1: stands out to me a little bit. I mean, especially with Asard, like, I see Ken Whitmore, I can see Ken Whitmore being drafted like on draft night before Asard, depending on the team. Um, I really can, but you know, we're going to wind down. I want to have you guys back when it gets closer to the draft just so (laughs) we can talk a little bit more. But I want to wind down with our final two questions. So you go ahead. um, You go ahead, Brandon, with yours. um, And then I'll come in after you with the final one.
2: So one of the ones I I was interested in is uh, I saw you had Julian Strother uh, going to San Antonio as well. Uh, And how did you see him doing in this particular draft as well as I I know a lot of hype was around his teammate uh, Drew Timmy uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Like, do you think he's ready? Do you think he'll? I I, I was just surprised to see him that high. What do you think he'll do
3: in this draft? I think Strawford, you know, he, he plays like a, you know, San Antonio likes players that don't waste a lot of movement. Um, they like players that know what their strengths are and, and, and will maximize those strengths. I think Strother is just one of those guys. You know, he understands what he can and can't do. He's very efficient in that movement. And I think he kind of matches kind of the mindset that they look for in players. As far as Drew Timmy, uh, yeah, I don't know if Drew Timmy is going to get drafted. And that's probably something that I talked about even last year when, when you know, when you started seeing time and time again, that athletic players trouble him. He doesn't get the ability to get the ball at the top of the key and do his moves because guys really disrupt them when they're athletic and, they, and they, they're reactive and they can swat at the ball and get him off his spaces. He struggles. He struggles every time he faces a really athletic front court player. And um, even at the combine, he didn't play bad. He just really struggled. And that's the thing. You know, as much as we talk about all the great shooting and the skills that we see on the NBA level, people still fail to realize just how much of a freak athlete a lot of these guys are. And when they decide they're going to stop you from going into your favorite spaces, a lot of times you got to have a counter. And if you don't have a counter, you, you end up shooting the ball off your foot or, or, or making a bad pass. And I just saw Drew Timmy a lot in this pass combine. Just did, He just looked out of sorts a lot of times. And I just don't think he's going to get drafted. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Julian Strother, there's so many, you know, great shooting wings in this draft. Um, but Julian Strother, he's, you know, he's solidified. He's a junior. He's been in in through the ringer at Gonzaga. They have a great, uh, great program, great pedigree, great coaching. And, uh, you know, anyone that shoots 40% from three, no matter what league you're in, uh, I'm all for. Uh, in terms of knowing his role, um, you know, there's a lot of open availabilities or next man up slots that could be made for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, maybe they trade both of their picks to move up in the draft. Um, I forgot where I had Julian Strother on my board, but I know he's in the first round. And at the end of the day, you know, someone like him who knows his role as just just three and D guy. And if you can't play defense, man, you've been knocked down two three, two three, <laughs> three pointers a game. We, we need that, man. You, you have to play your role. Um, he would probably be in Austin. I can definitely see someone like him and here's here's something real quick i'm matthew i know you're gonna agree with this actually <laughs> name me off the top of your head how many movement shooting wings do you think can shoot above league average in this draft that are in the range from literally what 10 to 30 probably like 10 yeah eight nine yeah. yeah so this is a great shooting class yeah. uh Derek whitehead technically had the best three-point shooting uh percentage he had to alter his game he was hurt Brady Dick's a sniper. Um, Bryce Sensible is not really known as a three-point guy, but he's an all-around scorer. Um, obviously, uh, um, what's the brother's name from uh, from UConn? I, I forget prospect's name. Top of my head. Hawkins. Like crazy. Jordan Hawkins. Yes, love him. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you really can't go wrong. And knowing that some of these guys are going to be at least solidified bench pieces, you can count on them to know their role because their, their floor is just so high. My
1: question... Oh, yeah,
0: sorry. Oh, sorry i thought yeah there was an was there was another part of that question i'm sorry i forgot after julian strother or no
2: oh i was just asking about uh drew timmy
0: uh oh drew timmy yeah, yeah yeah it was so funny i think that, that's right i wanted to tell a story this is real i promise i know we trying to wrap it up, real quick uh drew timmy last year was in dallas going through the draft process and uh john mantero i was i wasn't there uh, it's a funny story why i wasn't there but i'm not gonna share that. But literally, uh, Jock Mantero, Hugo Besson, Usman Diang, these guys live and work out. As soon as college gets out, these guys are living on campus with their agents and with their sometimes their families, just trying to talk to anyone in America, trying to boost their stock, draft stock. And these guys were at uh, SMU <laughs> in their practice facility, and who was killing people with their finesse game of all these other draft prospects that were there? The bearded God, Drew Timmy, apparently was tearing these prospects up. But in terms of him and his build and his and his play style, he's gonna be a European legend. I can't see him in the NBA. foot speed is just too slow. Like Matthew's saying, he has ginormous feet I think like size 16, 17 shoes. He can't move. Well, no, he can't move, he can shoot though. He can get you a mid-range bucket. he can probably defend someone that's super slow, but thats <laughs> that's really it at the next level. So that's something that I just want to share. I know we got well, a couple more questions.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to um, end this one on um, what are some could be some draft uh, sleepers that we look back on, you know, like say, you know, like we do with Kawhi or, you know, or some Nikola Jokic or, you know, one of those deep um, people who are drafted deeper that can be just that that grinder, that player that actually becomes one of the one of the good ones. Um and in what do you guys think about Imani Bates? Do you think that he can at least get drafted in the second round?
3: I do. I think he really helped himself with this this showing at the combine. Didn't shoot the best, but he did a lot of things that he didn't do a lot at the prep level, which is He looked to make passes. He was trying to get guys open. He had good body language, Um, you know, really was trying to be a good teammate. He was clapping, helping guys up. He was really trying to show that, you know, the more mature side. So I think that really helped him in the eyes of scouts. Um, I still look, all these guys are still fighting just to get in the second round though. I think he's still fighting for the second round. Um, Ben Shepard is a guy from Belmont, great shooter. He killed it this past combine. He's a guy that could really move up in the draft um let me see who's another guy uh there's there's so uh, there's so so much uh you know potential guys like ryan um ryan rupar from australia yeah 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 yeah. i love his potential from the defensive side he's still emerging on the offensive side but he's a guy you know that a lot of people aren't seeing because he's been in australia but He's from France, too. He, he's just got a lot of great things that you look for mm-hmm. in physical ability. And then I would say Kobe Bufkin from Michigan is a guy that I really enjoy watching. He takes guys off the dribble very well, gets great separation, very creative in scoring offensively. So he's a guy that can make some money, too, I think, in, in upcoming years.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I want to talk about someone who, I guess, is sleeping in terms of the draft consensus, I don't want to say he's falling down boards, and he's definitely going to be a, a first-rounder, in my opinion. And that's the—that's Maximo Lewis. Maximo Lewis played for Pepperdine. He's a sophomore. Um, I believe the highest I've seen him that was like a, a fair, agreed consensus during the season was like top 15, top 12. People had him in the middle of the season and were like, yeah, this guy's solid. People even compared him to Devin Fussell. I looked into his game just because I said that. Long week span, toolsy wing, shooting wing, played on a terrible team at Pepperdine that would probably the worst team in division one as a whole and honestly <laughs> four or five games I watched full it was so hard to watch it was insane but literally Maxwell Lewis is going to be a top 10 talent more than likely with the right fit in this draft um, now in terms of like the toolsy wings that are not, not super ball dominant but are movement shooters that have super long wingspans Maxwell Lewis is nowhere near plus to Defender, not really the best playmaker. We can see what he can do at the next level with more NBA spacing and a better coach and more confidence. But man, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at the same sets, the dribble handoffs, the pull-up mid-ranges, um, man, just like Devin Vassell and Maxwell Lewis. And if you can knock that down and get, get his, get his, uh, his reps, get his confidence up in, in the G League, take the, I call it the, the Bryce McGowan's uh, trail the the role. Bryce McGowan's is buried in Charlotte, and whenever he gets minutes, whenever he whenever he gets going,
1: he did well towards the, close the, the end of the season. He did he did do well for yeah. closing out the season.
0: And I just I would just would absolutely love him to. What's the team now? You know, I'll I'll say this. There's one hole. There's one hole that the Los Angeles not the not the Lakers. Sorry, I'm so sorry. The Golden State Warriors have. And that is a movement shooting wing off the bench that can get his own shot. And in terms of Jordan Poole, mm -hmm, could be on the move. Moses Moody, looking like a stationary 3 and D shooting guard. Mm, He can get his own bucket, but he's not really thriving best in that system. And I think it's just more lines of his confidence and getting to his own, knowing that he has to split the court with more more guards. Maxwell Lewis is a true small forward. And in terms of, I'll throw this comparison out there. I compare Devin Vassell to, to old school uh, Rip Hamilton uh, from Detroit. They're gonna be a, a solid third or fourth option no matter pretty much what role he's in. We know that he, if he's not, I can't just say, wide open off, of, uh, off of, uh, from lane penetration or pretty much just off of a double elevator screen or coming off of the baseline, we can count on Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis is always gonna be a threat to, from someone to, to stretch out and, and cover him. And then be able to make the playmaking reads. If he can turn into, if he can finally, finally show that confidence and get his and get his button to the lane, and kick out to the right guy, that's what's going to keep him on the floor and turn him into a twenty million dollar man. But until then, he's going to be just a three and D shooting wing that has to prove he can play defense. That's one thing I'm looking for in, uh, to prove in the combine, and hopefully he can uh, he can excel expectations.
1: Thank you for um thank you guys for your time. We'll have you back um closer to the draft because I'm really curious I didn't get to ask you this question, but it's late now. And that is and I'll leave with this. Maybe we can just throw it on the timeline and I'll retreat it. Your thoughts on Bronny James, because he will be in a draft next year because LeBron is getting up there. He can't st- even though he may it would have may have been great for him to stay in college maybe two years. I think he's coming out next year because yeah, he want, LeBron wants to play with his son. So, you know, like, if you have any thoughts, um, definitely share them. Um, you can put them on a timeline and I'll share it, you know, like, and uh, I can refer to it when I post this actual episode. But um, that one is going to be intriguing to see where him and LeBron end up next year. Because I'm already seeing this tank for Bronny tweets so people should get LeBron on <laughs> their team. So um yeah we can go more into that next time but thank you guys for being here and we'll talk to you soon and appreciate your we appreciate you uh you know giving us your knowledge and sharing that with us
3: appreciate you guys having us on good thing thank you